Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left. I'm Simon Byron. I'm Tony Galland. You are Tony Galland. There's no Steve Curran this week um, for reasons that will become evident during the show. Um, but what we're not allowed to say in the in the broadcast version is that the actual reasons, I suspect, is that the tofu-eating wokerati have tried to close us down. <laughs> uh, but they failed, Tony Galland, didn't they? They, they failed. Uh, they've not been able to prevent a barely passable hour of video game adjacent content being thrown together um, by a, by um, one host and one super special guest. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, no worries. It has been a genuine pleasure. Uh, there are many, many errors to come, uh, dear listeners. But in a, in a way... Uh, having just got through this hour has given me a little more confidence that we'll be able to get through the hour and a half that we're doing on Twitch um, a week on Tuesday. Uh, so in between this podcast and the next podcast, we will have been live on the Yogscast Twitch channel, me and Stee uh, running a special version of One Life Left. In a way, you know, will it be more special than this? How could it be? Have you decided what features you're doing yet? No, people keep making suggestions about what we should be doing. And I do suspect that we will end up having a bath and selling that bath water um, <laughs> because that's, that looks like the easiest thing to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. The instructions for our special came through yesterday. Um, I can't be bothered to read them. So I forwarded them to Steve in the hope that he, as a responsible adult, um, will come up with something that we can do. Otherwise, I imagine that we are going to be um, in a lot of trouble. But if that sounds like your thing, then please do join us and all the other Pickaxe podcasts, which are doing specials uh, on the Yogscast channel that week. Um, yeah, like because the challenging thing is that it's going to be immediately after a show that we'll have done anyway. So what should we do? Should we just repeat the news? Should we just repeat the show? I don't know. We can barely scrape together an hour uh, every week. <laughs> Having to work on an hour after, immediately after a show, I think it's going to be a challenge. But yes, um, you know, it, it would be good at least to have our regular listeners there uh, arguing with the commentators uh, as we do it next week. Are you going to tune in, Tony, or are you going to be rolling in the royalties from Dungeon Golf? No, well, I'll, I'll either be rolling in royalties or um, crying a lot. What uh, what date is it that it's on? Tuesday, uh, between five and half past six, British summertime on twitch.tv forward slash Yogscast. I think that might be when I have a phone call with my uh, Unity sales rep. 
Oh, well, maybe we could do that live on air. Well, for an hour and a half. Can you talk to them for an hour and a half? Oh, probably. They, I mean, they're, they're really like trying to sell me stuff. So, okay. Well, we're happy to listen for an hour and a half. Them, yeah. 50% them trying to sell stuff. 50% them apologizing for stuff that they have previously sold me now having different terms and conditions on it. What can go wrong? <laughs> what can go wrong? Well, keep us up to date on that. Um, best of luck with the launch again. Uh, looking forward to seeing it later. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Yeah, please do um, Please do let us know what we should be doing on Twitch next week. And um, you can do that through the Discord. It's probably the best way of doing it. And please do watch and keep us company uh, because otherwise you're going to watch two of the oldest men on the internet. Um yeah, really floundering. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. That might sound fun for you, but it's not going to be fun for us. So, uh, yeah, please help us. Uh, but before that, you have an hour of passable broadcast content to listen to. So here it comes. Please enjoy the show, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, the longest running video game radio show on the planet. My name is Simon Byron. And then there's some radio silence because there's no <laughs> Steve, there's no Steve Curran. There's no Steve Curran. Uh, we believe uh, Steve, um, well, he sent me a WhatsApp about an hour ago and he said, um, I'm back in the country. I didn't know he was away. Um, but uh, the tubes have been closed down. Uh, and he's on a bus, so we didn't think he was going to make it. Uh, and then I thought, oh, no, we've got a guest for this week for once, and we're going to leave that guest hanging. So I was like, no, let's do the show. Let's start the show without Steve. See if we can track his progress live during the hour, and maybe he'll join us by the end of it. Um, I think this is recording. Uh, we will find out at the end of it. Um, if someone... Forgets to push record on a podcast. Does it make a sound? Tony, you're doing faces isn't good for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted that it's not going to be an hour of that um, because, uh, as mentioned, uh, we'd lined up um, a guest who's, who's uh, joining us for the full show. It's Tony Gowland. Hello, Tony. Hello. How's it going? Um, it's going terribly, I think. <laughs> the... Uh number in the top right hand corner so last time that i was on yeah. it was at the coronation and that was the episode where steve forgot to record the entire first 15 minutes of the show the first time that we did it okay but the number is going up in the corner is which it? it wasn't doing that, that time <laughs> so i think it might be all right Good. All right. Well, listen, we are uh, broadcasting uh, live over Riverside FM as we pre-record the show, which will go air this evening, 18th of September, 2023. Uh, it's an important date, Tony, isn't it? 18th of September, 2023. Oh, yeah. It's a great day for uh, launching video games. Tony is launching a video game later. So we are delighted that he's taken time out of his 
busy, terrifying schedule to join an even more terrifying uh, 57 minutes left. Uh, we'll be talking to Tony about um, what that's like. We'll be putting a virtual arm around his shoulder um, and we'll be talking hopes, dreams, fears, concerns and everything else in between. Uh, we will have some letters. Uh, we don't have any features. We certainly don't have any uh, other co-hosts. Uh, what we do have, though, is a co-host who's never pushed these buttons before. So um, we will see how we get on. Uh, but hopefully we'll bring you an hour of uh, broadcastable radio, um, which will kick off, as we always do, with the news. I was just going to pause that because I realised I clicked on the wrong one. <laughs> it's with Charles Potts, 1.1. Thank you, Charles Potts. Here we go. Unity is introducing a new royalty fee from 2024 based on game installs using the Unity engine. The Unity runtime fee will apply to games that hit a minimum revenue and lifetime install count, with the fee varying according to the developer's Unity subscription plan. The fee will apply to games made with Unity Personal and Plus that have earned over $200,000 and have at least 200,000 installs, and to games made with Unity Pro and Enterprise that have earned over $1 million and have at least 1 million installs. The announcement has sparked concerns among developers about the potential financial risks. In the future, Unity could take its revenue model to even more absurd heights. Imagine a Unity Quantum fee where developers are charged based on the number of quantum states their game's code could potentially exist in, or perhaps a Unity Multiverse fee, where developers are charged for each parallel universe in which their game is played. Unity could also introduce a Unity Time Travel fee, where developers are charged retroactively for future game installs based on predicted trends and algorithms, or even a Unity AI fee, where developers are charged extra for every AI character in their game that surpasses a certain level of complexity. Lastly, consider a Unity Immersion fee, where developers are charged based on the level of immersion their game provides. The more immersive the game, the higher the fee. This could be measured by tracking the average time players spend in-game, or the number of players who report losing track of time while playing. These may seem far-fetched, but in the ever-evolving world of game development, who knows what the future holds? Who knows indeed, Charles Bot 1.1. Um, so just a reminder that we do broadcast before the watershed, so we can't say exactly what we thought of the announcement, <laughs> Tony. Um, but this was the story that broke last week. Uh, this is still ongoing as we record uh, that Unity, the popular uh, game, game development engine, was retroactively adjusting the terms and conditions with which everybody made their games. Now, Tony, you're a game developer. I'm a game developer, so how did, legend has it. How did you feel when you saw this news break? Um, I, uh, I mean, it's it's madness, isn't it? You can't, you just can't do that. You you can't. I'm fairly sure they can't do that. Our lawyers have said that they can't do that. So as long as as long as I have better lawyers than Uni has, I, I, I think that that will be okay. Um, but yeah, it. it um, I mean, people. I think people are rightfully very angry about it. 
yes, it has demonstrated, um, you know, whether the the, uh, the new policy sticks or not, um, what it does is I think is it shows a train of thought which will make people very nervous in future. The idea that games that were made and published, you know, not just recently, but years ago, can suddenly uh, be threatened with uh, 20 cents per install. So every time that somebody installs a game, um, and if it it's, uh, hits a, a couple of thresholds, then that Unity threatened to charge the developer, not the publisher, um, but occasionally the distributor. Although it didn't seem to know exactly what a, what a distributor was, because it said, "Don't don't worry about those Game Pass deals that you've all done. Um, we'll just invoice Microsoft." I think that'll go very well. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's what's Microsoft's invo- invoicing address? Hi, Microsoft. Um, you owe us this now. Yeah, uh, it seemed uh, unworkable, impractical, and just downright silly thing to do. Um, they have this morning said, well, actually, no, it was late last night on a Sunday. Um, they said, we hear you, um, which uh, I believe any everybody has to say when they've said something stupid on the internet, um, and that they will be clarifying their new policy over, over coming days. But how does that make you feel as a, as a, as a game developer, Tony? Is it, you know, even if they do roll this back, would you be using Unity again, do you think? I, I don't know. I mean, it's a super complicated thing, isn't it? Obviously, they have lost a lot of trust, like you're saying, like to, to show that they're that out of touch to unilaterally just kind of lay this, this sort of stuff down. You've got to imagine that there's people that work for Unity within like the sort of more developer-facing teams if they got wind of this, would have been very much urging against it. But someone higher up the chain has, has uh, gone ahead with it anyway. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I've seen – I'll be interested to see how it all plays out because I've seen uh, a lot of quite odd takes um, and some really weird maths that some – I saw like some developer had done a thing saying, we will get 0% of the revenue now because – uh, like the our publisher takes fifty percent of net, and then uh, Steam takes fifty percent of net and stuff. And it's like, but that yeah, it's like I think there's been a whole bunch of stuff. I so, saw so someone quoted in an article saying, "Our we've got an eighty-person studio, and the two hundred dollars that we get sometimes from some of our own games is enough to keep the studio running." And it's like I, I don't think that 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 really works out so i think that there's uh, yeah like i said i think that there's been i think people are rightfully angry but there has been a lot of odd stuff have you ever seen in the games industry anything that has caused this number of developers to release uh jpeg images with um text on them saying how cross they are i've not i was going to ask you actually because i did see many of those and some of those had quite naughty words in them didn't they Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. If I was being less charitable, I would think that some people were just kind of farming for um, uh, <laughs> engagement and trying trying to get themselves uh, noticed in some way. Well, but you are right because it does seem that the uh, method of communicating directly with Unity is via text on JPEGs. But Unity's refusing <laughs> to play ball and it's just just communicating in, in tweets back, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, like you said, about midnight on a Sunday. So I, I feel like all good uh, corporate communication, if it doesn't happen around midnight on a Sunday, what's even the point? 
Apple's forthcoming iPhone 15 Pro is poised to be a ridiculously powerful mobile gaming machine, thanks to its A17 Pro chip and new features like hardware-accelerated ray tracing. This device will accommodate several high-profile games previously exclusive to consoles and PCs, including Capcom's Resident Evil 4 Remake and Resident Evil Village, Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed Mirage, and The Division Resurgence. This is the first time a console version of Assassin's Creed will be available natively on a smartphone. The new iPhones will be available for pre-order from September 15th with prices starting at $799. Now if only they'd release a bot-friendly version. On a lighter note, to install these two games, you might have to delete half of your life's memories from your photo album, all your favorite music, and possibly your soul. You might even have to say goodbye to that app you downloaded once and never used, but keep just in case. And let's not forget the countless screenshots of recipes you swear you'll make one day. But hey, who needs those when you can have zombies and assassins on your phone, right? He's the uh, he's the Peter K of AI bots, isn't he, with his observational <laughs> humour? <laughs> How do you know when Charles Bot's about to make a joke? Because he says on a lighter note. Um, <laughs> that's why. Although he didn't do that uh, with the Unity story, I did ask him to um, invent uh, in the previous story some, in, in, invent some ridiculous ways in which Unity could charge um, developers for using its technology. And so that's what that ramble was at the end. Uh, and then I said, what, what would you need to delete from your phone, Charles bot in order to play these games? Because, um, you know, whilst it's really interesting that the device in your hand from Apple is becoming on par with some home consoles. Uh, and I think it's quite exciting that, you know, you'll have native versions of Assassin's Creed and Resident Evil on them. Surely it's practically uh difficult in terms of the um you know these games are not small uh in terms of mm. their size uh, and phones aren't known for having loads of memory are you are you an oh. iphone user tony i am an iphone user i have an you iPhone are. 14 pro it has three cameras on the back come on great um what do you use them for um, taking photos of um, funny things to make myself I've, laugh in that one. I've seen some of those, actually. Maybe we'll come on to some of your photos and videos I was watching this morning. But three, three, three lenses seems a bit excessive. Um, but yeah, can you see yourself using it to play a native version of, of Resident Evil 4? Oh, no, absolutely nowhere. Have you seen the screenshot of it? With the, It's not just about like the, the, the size of the actual thing, right? Like, there's a screenshot of it with like all touch button controls or like... Imagine playing your favourite game, except that you can only see a tiny amount of it because your fingers are over the top <laughs> of the rest of it. It's the ideal way to play. Yes, uh, it's something that uh, we've struggled with since we've been playing proper games, in inverted commas, on mobile phones. And even um, Game Pass does it uh, with the uh, X Cloud. And I was trying to show some people um, how this technology works in London um, in a meeting last week. And yeah, I fired up GeForce Now on my phone. They're like, that looks great. Yeah, I can't control it though. Um, so yeah, I guess they will be encouraged. Will, they'll be encouraging us to, to bring our DualShock controllers out with us, will they? Or? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't remember. It was either a year or two years ago that like they updated all of their stuff. So it's like you can... You can um, Bluetooth dual sense controllers and all kinds of stuff onto your phone. If if you want the convenience of using your mobile phone and the convenience of having to lug around a big control all the time. 
Speaking news of big flash, controllers. Big controllers. Uh, there's a news flash. If those are concerned about Steve Curran's whereabouts and wanted a, a live update on where he is, um, it looks oh. like... What I mean, how would you describe Steve? He, he's been... He's been uh, he's, he's been asked to sit in a park. It looks like <laughs> Steve. Hello, welcome. Hi. What have you, you done? Me? Why have you been exiled? So um, uh, you know, I had plenty of time to get back to the One Life Left studio. Uh, arrived at more than with an hour to go, and, and you know, it takes about twenty minutes to get back. Uh, all trains not running from Morden, so I got on a bus. That bus stopped. Um, so I got off that bus, waited for another bus, got on that bus, got to the next bus stop and uh my connecting bus was on diversion and so at that right. point i thought i'll go to the park uh so you uh, the video's cut out uh, due to bandwidth i'd imagine but i before it went dark mm-hmm. it did look like you've just got all of your technology out on your lap and you're the absolute victor <laughs> you're, you're you're ripe to be targeted well, do you feel safe no i don't uh, but that's the sort of risk i take for the world's longest running video game radio show that broadcasts in English uh, about video games. I, I do not feel safe. I am currently in a new version of Chrome on my Mac because I, when I launched Chrome, I was like, oh. and then it said, nope, Riverside is updated. You need a new version of Chrome. So I've just done that. So I'm going to momentarily log off and log on back on my Mac. And hopefully that will sound a little bit better at least. Yeah, I mean, also, I would encourage you to, to go to a police station uh, and, and and broadcast from there. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, well, we'll see what happens. Just just give me a few minutes. Go back to your business. I'll be I'll be back in a moment. Okay. Okay. Bye. Do you know what he could do from the park? He could play Assassin's Creed on his mobile phone. I, I was about to say, as he's being mugged. Um, <laughs> okay, new story number three. A Nintendo Direct has delighted fans with a slew of exciting announcements. Princess Peach Showtime is set to steal the show on the 22nd of March 2024, with Peach donning various costumes for themed special attacks. The much-anticipated remake of Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door is also on the horizon, though the release date remains elusive. F-099, Luigi's Mansion 2 HD and a remastered set of Tomb Raider 1, 2 and 3 are other notable mentions. The Switch's catalogue is bulging with fan-pleasing additions, proving there's plenty of life left in the platform, even if it's expected to be replaced next year. However, Nintendo, I have a bone to pick with you. F-099, really? That's what you're giving us? Not a proper remake, but this? This is not what the fans asked for. We've been begging for a new F-Zero, not a rehashed version of an old game. This is a slap in the face to all the loyal fans who have been waiting for years for a proper new F-Zero game. So here's what's going to happen, Nintendo. You have 12 months, 12 months to give us a proper new F-Zero game. If we don't get it, you're going to lose a lot of fans. And not just any fans, but the ones who have stuck by you through thick and thin. The ones who have supported you for years. The ones who have bought every single game you've released, no matter how good or bad they were. And if you think we're bluffing, just wait and see. We're not going to sit back and accept this. We're going to make our voices heard. We're going to protest, we're going to boycott, we're going to do whatever it takes to make you realise that you've made a huge mistake. So you better get to work, Nintendo, because if you don't, you're going to regret it. I mean, so if you were wondering, you know, actually what the robot uprising will sound like, uh, that is it. Uh, He sounded genuinely angry, as angry as I imagined Steve was when he was watching it. (laughs) 
Uh, what, what was I watching? I'm back now, and I'm on my Mac. Hopefully, that sounds a little bit better. Uh, back and on my Mac. Park, so I'm glancing nervously around me. Uh, what are you talking about? Well, you know, how did you feel when you watched the Nintendo Direct that we were so excited about last week? Oh, unbelievable, Simon. Mostly livid that you got it 100% right. 99% right. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, and also essentially disappointed. As I was, I think listeners to the show last week can probably hear my disappointment as I realised, oh, that does sound more plausible. Um, yeah, I don't want to play that, really. I don't want to play that. The only hope I have is that this will show Nintendo the love for the franchise and that they'll hit us, you know, in another 10 years with an update to F-Zero GX. Well, uh, when you listen back to the show, you'll be able to hear Charles Bot's threats to Nintendo. <laughs> I think I've seen he's, Charles Bot on some internet forums. Well, ex- exactly. He's, he's, um, he's, he's given them 12 months, Steve, otherwise there's going to be trouble, he said. Really? Um, so did you, so did you watch the whole thing, Steve? Did you did you get there early? Put the put push play on the on the on the internet early. Uh, sat down. You had um, a can of a, a can of something special to drink, or maybe even a bottle. Um, yeah, I had I had my welcome home F zero <laughs> banner in the background. Um, no, I, I actually didn't watch it. I I saw the news as people tend to these days. But via accidentally swiping the wrong way on my phone and seeing the curated news feeds and oh f-zero is back and then it was a screenshot of 99 racers racing around a 30 year old game um so yeah i i i i I did feel all week the crushing inevitability of you being right uh and so it proved is that a feeling you've had before steel Not often, Simon. <laughs> okay. Is why, uh, but yeah, in this in this case, were you excited? Were you excited for uh, for a reason beyond being right? Well, I was annoyed, uh, but not for not for the reasons that you are. I was annoyed because we had agreed to go to WASD X IGN, so the mm-hmm. the indie game uh, expo, uh, which was being brought to you in conjunction with IGN, and um, we enjoyed WASD earlier in the year, didn't we, Tony? It was all right, yeah. Um, I, I, I did have it clarified by the organisers that it is pronounced WASD um, and not or not W-A-S-D or, um, as one person I heard phrase it, WASD, which was <laughs> um, a combination of the two. Um, but part of the reason I was excited to go this year was because IGN were there and IGN would be roaming from the show floor writing about all the games. Um, I bumped into someone from IGN the first morning which was the thursday morning and uh i was like oh you know so how many of you were down here covering it then he went oh he said there are a few of us here but we've, but we've all been pulled back to the office this afternoon because nintendo announced the direct sony announced the state of play and there was something else going on as well uh that meant that all this planning that we'd put in for for, for months meant that it suddenly just sucked all the journalists from the show floor for the afternoon so that was a bit of a nightmare, Steve. We can't hear you very well, so we're going to uh, carry on talking without you. And just just imagine that you've switched the camera off because you're so angry. It's speechless, literally speechless. Square Enix is set to host an open beta for their forthcoming 4v4 party shooter, Foam Stars, at the end of September. This beta, exclusive to PS5, will showcase characters such as Soa, DG Ito, and Tonics, along with game modes like Smash the Star and Happy Bath Survival, 
The game, set in the effervescent city of Bath Vegas, offers exclusive cosmetic items as rewards for victory. If you're in the mood for some foam-based fun, you can download the beta from the PlayStation Store without requiring a PlayStation Plus subscription. Just bear in mind it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye or gets a foam dart lodged in their ear. Over the past 12 months, several live service games have closed their doors. These include the likes of Paragon, Gigantic and Marvel Heroes Omega. As for Foam Stars, it's challenging to predict its future. However, if we were to speculate, it could potentially shut down by late 2023. Square Enix might cite reasons such as a lack of player engagement or financial viability for the game's closure. <laughs> so, it didn't sound like much of a joke at the end. More, just, it didn't. No. Well, I was, I was keen. I was keen to get uh, Charles Bot's insights into how long because there are there, there are a fair number of live service games launching, um, and we've seen them come and go sometimes quite rapidly. I was quite keen for him to use his AI brain to speculate uh, how long this one would last. And he said it'll be closed by the end of 2023. I mean, do you think it's wrong? I think it'll go a little longer than that. I mean, <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I don't I, know. Um, Happy Bath Survival is a good name for a thing. It sounds like a very different game. <laughs> Just remember, Tony, it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. <laughs> Uh, uh, apropos of nothing, which is your favourite Splatoon game? Oh, that's a very good question. I think it would be Splatoon 1. Mm. Square Enix is set oh, to host sorry, an open Sorry, beta. sorry, sorry. I was just pushing buttons then. Uh, <laughs> what about yours? Uh, Splatoon 2. Okay. I, not, I, um, I enjoyed. not Foam not, Stars. Not Happy Bath Survival. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, it doesn't look like uh, the fifth and final story is playing. Let me uh, just see if we can get that on there. Let me try now. NetherRealm has rolled out a day one patch for Mortal Kombat 1 on consoles and Switch, which includes improved accessibility options, character and UI enhancements, and a host of new finishing moves. The patch also refines the online system, story campaign, and cinematic sequences. Switch users can now fully engage in the story campaign, online play, and access additional characters. The game's accessibility features are designed to remove obstacles for players with any form of impairment. The game is available on Nintendo Switch, PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series XS from the 19th of September, with early access for those who pre-ordered the premium editions. If a new, proper F-Zero game isn't released on Nintendo within the next 12 months, <laughs> I will perform the Blue Falcon's Fury Fatality. My character will summon the iconic F-Zero vehicle, the Blue Falcon, which will then speed across the screen, catching the opponent in a whirlwind of energy. The opponent will be lifted into the air, spun around at high speed, and then slammed into the ground with a final devastating crash. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as graphic as I had hoped it would be, but in terms of coming up with a fatality, uh, an F-Zero themed fatality, uh, it wasn't too bad, I didn't think. It certainly sounds like the sort of thing that you'd get in a Mortal Kombat game, didn't it? Almost, apart from there were no um, bones being pulled out. or What have you excited about the new Mortal Kombat, Tony? Is this where you got me on? Because I talked about Mortal Kombat a tiny bit. Last, it is, yeah. Last time. But, and also, it was an opportunity to get Charles Bot to make some more Nintendo <laughs> threats, to, threats to Nintendo. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, I'm not. I just, I don't know. It's it's hard to care about Mortal Kombat, isn't it? Well, some people evidently are because they're paying lots of money for early access. All playing it now. Well, that, that's good for them. Good Takes for them. all sorts. <laughs> it does take all sorts. Um, yes, I think the full game comes out tomorrow, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, it's I don't know. The older I get the less interested I am in the sort of obscene <laughs> obscenities I think that game contains. Just makes me feel a, a little bit squeamish. Uh, and, you know, it's a little too close to what's probably going on to Steve currently in a park right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for the news, Charles Bott. One life left, video game news. With me, Charles Bott 1.1. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I just picked Ident One, Tony. I don't know, but and that's and that's what it sounded like. Uh, you're listening to One Life Left on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM and podcast wherever you listen to it, which is presumably now. Uh, and we are joined by Tony Gowland from Ant Workshop on today, the eighteenth of September, twenty twenty-three, as he prepares to release Dungeon Golf on Steam into early access. Tony, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, I think. I'm sat here talking to you in the middle of the day. I think most of the team are in the pub having a pub lunch. I could have been doing that instead. Maybe that's what Steve's up to. Um, it's just wandered off. Yeah, no, it's going. It's it's going pretty well. Um, we've had a, a really nice kind of build up to launch since Gamescom. Took the game out to Gamescom. Uh, it was super, super, super busy. We had people playing it all the time. We watched their hands as they did stuff with the controls that we weren't expecting. Uh, but generally, like people really enjoy it. Got a lot of like really good feedback out of that. Uh, a lot of really strong, positive vibes. Fixed a bunch of stuff, and then yeah, we uh, like you. I was wazzed, um, and we had it there and uh, showing it off and. Yeah, feel, feeling as confident about a game launch as I probably would be likely to, I think. Great. Uh, just so, so just give us an intro to Dungeon Golf for those that haven't heard your appearances before. Yeah, so uh, Dungeon Golf is, well, it's mini golf in a dungeon. Um, so it's, it's golf rules. You're trying to get your ball in the hole in the smallest number of shots, but you're playing through dungeons that are filled with traps and monsters and all that kind of stuff. Um, you 
select like different uh, fancy characters. So you can be like the big burly barbarian and sheep players using their axe and or the wizard or a skeleton. And like each of the characters has got like different special abilities that you can charge up and use that do different things. So it's got like a little bit of almost like a little bit of fighting game or Mario Kart kind of like character driven stuff in there. Um, and then it's obviously with the, with the monsters and stuff as well, like that feeds into like this sort of like light combat to it. If you hit your ball into a monster, uh, you defeat that monster and you get like a shot knocked off. So you can actually get like a hole in none. Um, if you, if you like hit your ball through a monster, but also like, you don't have health. So if you land too close to a monster and they damage you, um, that adds to your score. And the whole thing's got like, it's got like a single player mode where you're kind of challenged to kind of beat your own scores in individual holes. Or you can play like there's like you can play through like six holes of golf in like an actual course with sort of normal scoring. Um, and yeah, you can play it locally multiplayer or online multiplayer for up to four people. It gets surprisingly, it's all turn based. So unlike some other, uh, multiplayer golf games, where you can't see what the other people are doing because you're playing at the same time because you because it's turn based you're all taking turns and you can you can kind of you get almost like that that old worms feeling of like you can watch what the other players are doing and who they're trying to um, who they're trying to damage and kind of like what they're, what they're planning to do and you can also like mess around with the other players like you can uh, like knock other players balls off the off the course or you can use your special abilities against other players and increase their score and stuff like that. So um, it's a good way of um, kind of having a bit of argy-bargy with your friends and knocking them about knocking them about the place. But it's good. It sounds excellent. It's just started hailing uh, where I'm recording. For. I hope it's not where, was. Where, wherever Steve is. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, sounds great. Looking forward to, um, to, to getting a hold of it. Now, this is your... Uh, is this your third or fourth game as as Ant Workshop? So it's um, it's our third game. We've done binaries and we've done Dead End Job, and then this is our third original IP. I mean, we've launched. We've also done like because we helped other indies with like uh, console porting work. So we've we have launched a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, this is um, this is the the first of our original IP since Dungeon uh, since Dead End Job in about two thousand nineteen or something that came out. So can, can you hear that rain? Can, can you hear I that could, rain? Can you? I could do, yeah. I think I'm stuck here now. I'll have to play uh, Dungeon Golf, won't I? Now, um, I, uh, I talk about launching a game as a unique mix of excitement and terror. Uh, where are you on the terror stroke excitement scale? Uh, yeah, I um, literally just uh, made a joke on X before I came here. Um, about uh, it's like the seven stages of grief, isn't it? But but with uh, launching the game, so no, I'm thoroughly at the at the uh, acceptance stage now. Of <laughs> we've done every we've done everything that we can. We've put we've tweaked as many levers as we can reasonably tweak. Um, I'm really like like I said, the build that we've got um, and like the our early access version is like it's it's polished. It's relatively bug free it's got a good amount of content in it like i think people would be uh churlish to to mourn about us selling that as a as a thing like we didn't want it to be like an early access launch where people look at it and kind of think what's that they've 
there's barely any game here and they've just chucked it out and that kind of thing. Like we wanted it to be something where it was worth the money as it, as it was then. And then we're just going to kind of imp- improve it and, and build on that. So yeah, I think, I think we've done as, as much as, as much as we can. I mean, there's always, you can always look back and think, Oh, I wish I'd done that or I wish I'd got involved in, yeah. I, I wish there hadn't been a Nintendo Direct or someone from IGN had been walking around uh, whilst after all and, and that kind of thing. But who, who knows? The the good thing with whilst I thought was um, there was a lot of creators there. And cause there were a lot of creators there. Because there wasn't mountains of games, it, you, you felt like we felt like bigger fish or the same size fish but in a slightly smaller pond than... At Gamescom, where you're a fish in a massive yeah, ocean. I, mean, I wouldn't describe you as a fish in a massive ocean. I would describe you, though, as a frog. Uh, there was there was one moment at last where I'd uh, I'd I'd looked away, I looked around, and then there's there's you dressed like a frog. Yeah, it was, it was emotional, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> you did, <laughs> I don't know. You, you do what you do. You can to try and sell some uh, copies of games. Um, yeah, I, uh, I thought there would be more cosplayers at WASD, and it turns out that <laughs> I was the only cosplayer at WASD, and I was cosplaying one of our own characters. Hey-ho. Did you see yeah. uh, any noticeable impact of, uh, of, of like the creators coming or, or, or being at WASD? Um, I mean... The, not uh, not immediately. We're, like we did have like a lot of really good conversations with creators, and again, like because um, because there was less stuff there, people kind of were able to play it for like a longer time. Again, like again, at something like Gamescom, you often feel like people are they're trying to fit in thousands of games over the over the course of it, so they're just kind of like blasting away. Like I'll oh, play this for five minutes and this for five minutes, whereas. Um, I mean, if you were at WASD for the full three days, you would have a lot of time to to thoroughly play everything on show. Um, so yeah, so we, we like we we had uh, like we had some really good kind of chats with people there. And I'm hopeful that the outcome of that will be like some the more organic coverage of those folks actually enjoying it and, and playing it. And, I mean, they certainly said that they enjoyed it and would pick up a copy at launch. And I've never known people to lie directly to my first class. <laughs> so um, I'm no game developer. We know that. Uh, so I don't know how these things work. But when, um, so when did you finish the game? Was it, was it last week? Was it this, was it this morning? It, when was it that you typed the end? Well, it's early access, isn't it, Simon? So the game is not finished yet. We're going to. No, but the version is going stuff. out today. But the version the is version going out that- today. <laughs> So the version that's going out today, because we are professionals who do an amount of QA and want it to be a a good experience for people to buy, the version that's going out today, I think, was finished last Tuesday. Uh, So what we do do is is about a month ago, we kind of drew a line in the sand of like, right, this has got all the stuff that we want it to be at launch. And then our QA went away and played it and said, these are the bugs that we like. These are the sort of significant stopping issues that we found. So we fixed those, and then it's like, right, you've got a banker build there, and then basically every week, kind of doing that, that same routine of how good is this, and, and what can we do? Because you, you don't want to, um, 
live live too dangerously by grabbing updates right at the last minute that that you haven't had time to to test properly. And again, that's one of the reasons why I'm able to be confident and tell everyone to just head off for a pub lunch before lunch because it's like you you can a lot a lot of Steam does allow you to just uh, haphazardly upload builds with a laissez-faire attitude. Um, we choose not to do that. So on that then, uh, team down the pub, you're on this. Just talk us through what you know what happens behind the scenes during a launch. So so um, yeah, from here through to launch and beyond, what will you and the guy and the and the team be doing? Well, so um, I mean, it's been a long time since I actually launched a game on Steam. So even though um, we had dead end job uh, that had a publisher, was was self publishing Dungeon Golf. Um, so I get to press the big launch button uh, all by myself. Um, so that that'll be nice, but yeah, it kind of um, at this point we are. Let's like say it's early access, so actually people are already working on. There's there's things that we want to improve, and there's features that we know that we want to do. Like for example, the CPU players in it can can often get quite confused at the moment because it turns out that teaching uh, AI to play uh, mini golf in a dungeon is quite hard. The, our our players are not as smart as uh, Charles Mott. Um, so, but we have been working like we've been working on that. It's just again with these slightly riskier, bigger changes. Um, but so we've got we've got that kind of stuff. We'll obviously be keeping an eye on the Steam forums. We'll be keeping an eye on what people are saying on Twitter or X or um, and then we've also got like in the game. It's really easy to to submit feedback and bugs directly from within the game and that like that helps us that'll help us fix some stuff as well. So kind of over the next like the next few weeks straight from launch it's going to be again like just kind of like gathering up what are common threads and what are significant issues that we haven't seen um and and kind of prioritizing that stuff while we tick along with with bigger content and and the the sort of um, early access updates in the background and and on that uh what are the plans from this afternoon through until version 1.0 well i mean it, it it depends a little bit on uh how many millions of people buy it and how much unique charges us for each of those millions of people um we we released a roadmap uh last week of like so there's some like key kind of stuff that we want to do like obviously like uh, um, the game's right for things like a Halloween update, so it's like there's things like that. There's, uh, I just mentioned the bots there. There's there's some uh, game feel things. Um, I'd like to I'd like to get like a sort of daily challenge mode added in, so that it it, it increases the replayability even more for for uh, solo players uh, and and that. So yeah, but a, a lot of it is very much going to be based on what player feedback is. I mean. There's, there's obvious, like there are obvious sort of features that you could look at, like a level editor or something like that, where it's it's such a big chunk of work to actually do. You want to be sure that that is definitely, like that would definitely be the sort of thing that people want. So all I can say is people should buy it and then let us know, let us know kind of what they want us to do. And oh yeah, the other thing with the version one is like whether we look at console versions and stuff like that as well keep trying to talk to Microsoft, but I think all of their lawyers are busy on something or other at the moment. I don't know what they're up to. 
busy fending off invoices. Well, listen, best <laughs> of luck with it. I um, I look. I mean, we all do it. Uh, we, we all do this because we uh, are excited and and uh, love love the challenge. Um, I find launch days, yeah, terrifying and exciting. Um, because you never know until it's out there, uh, sort of how people are going to respond to it. Because you know, um, we show games at shows, and we we show them to friends and press and stuff. And you know what what um, what real consumers don't have is us stood next to them dressed like a frog. Um, and so, <laughs> once- <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they should have that. Maybe they should do. Well, look, best of luck with it. What time are you launching? Uh, Four p.m. Four p.m. in one of the time zones. Excellent. Well, uh, best of luck. Stay in touch. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing how it goes. Thank you. (laughs) So at this point in the show, Tony, we normally turn to any other business. Uh, Is there anything uh, that you'd like to get off your chest at the moment or should we roll straight on to letters? I have no additional business. No, no other, no other business. Uh, let's uh, let's crack on with the letters. Email, messages, and forward BCC one life letters. Thank you so much for your correspondence, which is difficult to manage when you're pushing the buttons and trying to read Discord. Um, ben writes on the on the Discord dear team, and possibly plus the super special guest. Seeing how Simon Parkinson's great uncle Michael passed during the season break, is there a chance that the other Simon, I think he means me, will bring back Simon Byron's as seen on TV for a one-off special? Um, <laughs> he then adds, Steve, if Simon refuses to do it, then a fast five. Thank goodness! This is the uh, this is the show for that letter to be read because I hate fast fives and I'm not bringing back a scene on TV. Uh, that was a feature that uh, I wrote in the early days of One Life Left, which you can find on the archive. Um, Tim wrote, uh, "Did Simon and Tony the SSG? I was disappointed to learn that Pac-Man '99 is going to be closed down in October. It's certainly not the best of the Battle Royale retro games, but it's got some clever ideas in it, and is a nice companion to Pac-Man uh, CE. What's worse is that they've already taken away the ability to buy the single-player version of the game. Which games would you like to have bought, but you learnt about too late? Au revoir, Tim. Tim, it's a uh, it's a frustration, isn't it? And it's a challenge." Um, that is unique, I think, to games where um, some of the storefronts just suddenly decide that they aren't going to sell stuff. I do like the approach that uh, some companies do. Um, for example, uh, Square Enix is doing it at the moment. Oh, I'm just going to do that. It's a bit loud. Um, Square Enix is doing it now with the Avengers. Uh, that's being pulled at the end of September. They've just put it on a deep oh, discount. Yes, there you go, Tony. Look, there's some actual. This maybe this should have been in the new section. Um, <laughs> that they're giving you the opportunity to buy it now, rather than do what I normally end up doing, which is when games get pulled for whatever reason, is that I, um, I will venture off to key shops and 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 buy the game there. So. Um, when Only Up got pulled. Actually, I looked into buying that and then decided that I didn't actually want it. But things like Fall Guys coming off Steam, Rocket League coming off Steam, I did go out and buy Steam keys retrospectively after they'd gone just to have them in my library. Um, are there any other games that you've done that with, Tony? Um, not in that regard. Like, uh, There's some stuff where I wish I could have uh, played a version of it and then it got, kind of got patched out of that version or something. I quite... I was... Um, 
I, so I was playing Zelda um, Tears of the Kingdom and because uh, it's a single player game I was making judicious use of some of the uh, item multiplication bugs because it made it a lot more fun to me and then they patched out some of those bugs and it's like that's just bored of that man let me play with your bugs uh, Morgizi thanks for writing in the, in the discord but uh, there's no way that's happening um Oh, and look! Is that here's... the uh, Fast Five games with dungeons? One? It's not. It's not happening. Um... <laughs> Oh, look, uh, we have a long-term listener, first-time writer, I believe. It's from somebody on the Discord called Stee, who writes, Dear team and super special guest, being stuck in a broken transport system is frustrating, but at least it made me think about fast travel. Oh, team, what I'd give for a fast travel option right now, single-click home, but what would I lose? Those chance encounters on routes, new locations and traversal, traversal mechanics, the joy of discovering an unexpected side quest where you have to set up a new version of Chrome in the park, and then after... After all, that it starts raining anyway. And maybe that's why Starfield doesn't work for me, because the necessary fast travel, because space is big and boring, takes away the joy of meandering. Or maybe it's just weird and bad, I don't know. Love the show, Steve. XOXO edited. It's nice to know that even Steve's, even though Steve's not here in person, he's able to moan about Starfield. Um, so I'm pleased that's that technology very, has enabled him to do that. It's a very... Um erudite uh, mugger that found his laptop, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, how do we know it's him, Steve? What's your what's your mother's maiden name and your PIN number? Um, <laughs> yes, I uh, I mean, we aren't going to talk about, uh, unless you're going to choose to review Starfield, Tony, but um, uh, I'm actually, yeah, I'm finding that the chance encounters are compressed in Starfield because there is none of that meandering about, apart from the odd uh spaceship that will that will just start firing at you actually um uh but uh yeah as steve mentioned that fast travel is necessary i'm zipping through it now i think um i, I did smile when um is this a spoiler potentially uh but one of the sort of the, the sort of big thing that you that you're ultimately questing for is something called unity and I thought that was particularly out this week. <laughs> You'll get there, and they go. Well, thanks for coming, um, but but now it's, now we're going to take all your credits off you. Oh, we didn't mention that at the time, did we? Uh, well, we shall see. Microsoft definitely will get an invoice from them. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you for your letters. I don't think we had any more that came to the email address. Um, but that's one way of getting hold of us. The other way is to join the Discord, both links for which you will find in the show notes. The show notes are generously provided for us by uh, Phil, our under caretaker. So thank you as ever for that, Phil. But yes, please do stay in touch. We love to hear from you uh, around the show or during the show. So please uh, either email yeah, yeah, there you go, Tony. Thank you. Um, or hop on the Discord, as can be found in the show notes. Hurtling towards the end of the show, Tony. How are you feeling at the moment? All right, mildly panicked. You, are you? Uh, you've 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 made me more nervous now that I should be doing more right now. Oh well, there's nothing that you can do. You've been feet up since Tuesday. Yeah, well, yeah, your big froggy feet up. It was good. Uh, it was good being at WSD. Um, it's it's a lovely distraction from all of the stuff, like you said, that you w- would otherwise be really nervous about and kind of. Realistically, there isn't much you can do at that point, but uh, um, except for refresh different pages on Steam Analytics multiple times an hour, despite knowing that they only update once a day. 
Oh, well, exactly. You know, and the other things that you can do is log on every 10 minutes and make sure that you have checked the launch discount button uh, because who knows, it might well have unchecked itself. Or you could log on now and again and see the error message from when you first submitted your store for approval and it failed for whatever reason, which never goes away. And that's very helpful, isn't it? Because um, it does imply (laughs) that your store page isn't approved when it actually is. Uh, Yeah. Um, immediately or, or is it or is it Tony or is it exactly okay well look let's take your mind off uh, the launch of your forthcoming game by talking about some games that are already out it's the reviews Tony have you had a chance to play anything uh, recently um, so the only thing that I played in last week is I had a go on the new um, Metroidvania uh, Prince of Persia game at WASD. They had a demo and? of that one. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It is very nice to look at. Um, and the little the fella, the little Prince of Persia, he is, is nippy. He runs about all over the place. Like the, the, the kind of acrobatics and the combat felt... Like the combat felt really punchy, like it had a really nice feel on that, and you can hold down a button to fire an arrow or keep keep the button held down and it's like shows like a little your rebound angles so you can do fancy shots with it and um yeah, it's it's really it ran at like a nice frame rate and stuff. So Digital Foundry will be happy. Um, and yeah, just in general it like it was a it was good. The my only slight um concern with it was that I died within the demo because the combat even within like the demo the combat was a little bit um, almost a little bit soul soulsy like it, I feel I feel like it has a risk of uh, that it might in the full game in particular it might lean into you having a really time parries and blocks and dodge rolls and all of that kind of stuff to perfection which uh, I'm a bit rubbish at the man, the man um, stood next to the demo said, "Oh yeah, the, like the full game, uh, you know, the combat. It's 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 a lot less button mashy." And I was like, "But I like button mashy. Can we not have? A I I rely setting? on it. I rely <laughs> on it. It's a strategy of can mine. I not have a button setting where I basically can just hit all the buttons and it does some cool stuff? But yeah, yeah, I enjoyed what." small time that I got to play with it 7 out of 10 I concur with that Tony actually I'm, I'm looking forward to it um, it's out in January well I'm going to surprise you now um, because uh, I surprised myself this week if you spoke to me this time last week Tony and asked me how many Evercade cartridges I had the answer will have been none uh, if you ask me right now uh, I can show you that I have the Evercade Codemasters collection uh, I've got the Evercade C64 collections one and two. Um, I've got the Data East Arcade collection, and I've got the IRN collection as well. These are all cartridges that go in the Evercade XP, which I got this week. It is a cartridge-based handheld, although there is a console that goes underneath your television, and um, it enables you to play um, official licensed versions of old games that come on cartridges that come on with sort of bits of paper and stuff like that, like they used to in the olden days. So I was holding up the uh, Codemasters one for Tony there and the audience, and you can see they all look very lovely. And even to the extent... uh, So these are 
um, emulated versions of old games officially licensed, but come with manuals. And even, I haven't found out what this is for yet, but uh, even the copy protection is there Ooh. with codes and stuff like this, I think. Nice. So, um, yeah, so the Evercade is a handheld system and also under TV system that you can play. Um, and there are lots and lots and lots of cartridges as my wallet is finding out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they're all themed, um, and they've got some classic games. So I was playing Sensible Soccer yesterday, um, of which I'm world champion. That's on the... Um, <laughs> I told my daughter, like, what a pathetic brag to have for a five-year-old. I said, did you know I was world champion at this? And she went, really? And I went, yeah. And she went, for real life, because that's what kids say <laughs> when they watch Bluey. And I go, yeah. And then she said, what, were you famous then, is what she asked me. And I went... <laughs> That's a difficult question to answer, actually. I don't know. Um, I don't know. No, no. Uh, I don't think so. But, you know, it is written in a book. Uh, I played... Uh, so that was great. Um, it's Sensible Soccer on there rather than Sensible World of Soccer. I think I'm in Sensible World of Soccer. So I was disappointed not to find my team name in there. Uh, I played Cannon Fodder, uh, which um, was always best played with a mouse, uh, but actually worked uh, surprisingly well on the handheld. So I was enjoying that. Um, I played on the Commodore 64 collection. I played Summer Games, um, uh, which was uh, an old track and field style game from Epics. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that too. Um, I played Impossible Mission, and that was a great... Uh, um, it was a great blast from the past. Uh, on the Data East set, I played Burger Time, just to set uh, an initial high score from which my wife can take over from, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm yet, I'm yet to get into some of the other ones. Um, but, yeah, I've got more on the way. More on the way, Tony. I've got um, the Oliver Twins collection is coming. Uh, who'd have thought I'd be? I saw them at GDC. Who'd have thought I'd be be paying them money later this year? Uh, so it's really nice, you know. Like I've got a few handhelds that have got emulators on them, on all the rest of it. And despite you know, despite owning all the ROMs, I am buying them all again. Tony, uh, here it seems. Um, lovely little uh, way of building up a collection. So let's see. They are out in October. Um, Another World and Flashback is coming out, and then they've got some Duke Newton games, and they're even releasing some newish indie games on the handheld as well. So I'm a big admirer of what they're doing. I'm a little bit worried about how deep into this I can go. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just be grateful that I've got a shed where I can keep them in so that uh, people don't know exactly how much uh, I'm, I'm spending on them. <laughs> Seven out of 10. Have you, have, have you played with it, Tony? I haven't. Um, speaking of handhelds, I... Uh, got to witness the exact moment last week that uh, Simon got hold of a brand new handheld that he'd never played before. And I saw the light in his eyes that shines when he decides that he's inevitably going to end up buying something. <laughs> did you uh, did you, did you want to quickly review the uh, play date? Uh, I don't think we've got time, do we? No, but you are right. I I, I did uh, get my hands on a new handheld, the, the uh, Playdate. New new to me, at least. This is the um, the indie uh, handheld with a crank mechanic on it. And uh, yeah, I played, in fact, yeah, very similar to the old Epic Sports games, a, a surfing game on it, uh, which I was bad at initially, but then started to get to grips with and thought, hmm... Yeah, I don't think I am going to buy one of them, Tony. They are quite a lot uh, for, um, you know, what is nice, but is ultimately a gimmick. Seven out of ten. Not like the other kid. That's 
No, it's not because you can buy more stuff for it, more and more and more and more <laughs> things. I don't know. I'd just be interested to see what other collections they can do for it next. Good. Uh, I think if I push this button, the music stops. Ooh, there we go. Good guess. And it's done. Right, we are at the end of the show, Tony. Um, I found that slightly more challenging uh, pushing the buttons and uh, the jingles and stuff. I don't know how Steve does it. Maybe that's why he's so quiet normally. We've got a newfound respect for his position within the podcast. That's one way of uh, describing it. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, I don't think we would have done it if you weren't launching Dungeon Golf today because, you know, it would have been just me on my own uh, and, and, and literally no one wants that. Well, if everyone who has uh, listened and enjoys this episode is, is permanent, they should go out and buy Dungeon Golf. But not install Indeed. it so that you don't charge me for it. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, listen, thank you for coming on. Good luck with the launch later on. Um, and, uh, yeah, we will we will see you again soon. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.